Welcome to the Experience Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Kyle Brownlee. It's our prayer that this message is not only an encouragement, but a blessing to your life. Welcome everyone today, whether you're joining us here in person or you're watching online, we're honored to have you with us in this move of God that we call Experience Church. Come on, somebody. And also want to take a moment to look into the camera and say a big hello to all the men and women in our correctional ministry. And we want you guys to know that you're not a project to us, that we consider you a part of our church. And so come on, D-Town, and we welcome our church family today. Let them know. So good. Awesome. Well, today we want to start things off by taking a look at a a passage of Scripture where where David asks some pretty important questions that's going to set the tone for our time together today. It's found in Psalm chapter 15, verse 1, and and David asks this question. Let's take a look at it. He said, who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? In other words, who can experience the peace in the presence of God? And then David goes on to answer his own questions. He said, those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts, those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends, Who can experience the life that God has for them? Those who walk in integrity. He goes on to say, those who keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who lend money without charging interest and who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent. Such people will stand firm forever. Other other versions say, such people will not be shaken. And David is asking these questions because he knows there's more to this life than what he's living. He knows God has more for him, that God wants to do more in his life. But he's asking the question, man, how do I get it? I wonder if anybody can relate to David today. I know there's more that God wants to do in my heart. I know there's more that God wants to do in my marriage. I know there's more that God wants to do in my family. I know there's more that God wants to do in and through this church. I know there's more that God wants to do in our schools, through our dream center. I know there's more God wants to do. I know God has more for me, but but how do I get it? How do I experience it? How do I receive it? Somebody say there's more. And David answers his question by saying, integrity. How how do I get the the more that God has for me? The answer is integrity. That integrity is the door for more. And so the, the title of the message today is Walking in Integrity. Because how many of us know integrity is not a one time thing? It's not something we do every once. It's not a characteristic we have every once in a while. No, no. Integrity is a lifestyle that we live. Therefore, we must walk in integrity. And I think it's important for us to to, to know that walking in integrity brings about the blessing of God on our lives. I'm just curious, how many of us want God's blessing on our lives? Anybody besides me? right? I want God's blessing on my life, but it's it's important for us to understand that, that God's blessing isn't purchased. It's not earned. It's not even something that we 
strive for. But, but there is a, a posture of our hearts that is attractive to God. There's a way that we can posture and position our hearts in such a way that's attractive to God. And integrity attracts the blessing of God on our lives. And so as we dive into talking about this uh, very important uh, characteristic and quality and virtue, let's, let's first define what we mean when we say integrity. If you're taking notes, a simple definition of the word is, is simply this, that integrity is when our behavior matches our beliefs. Integrity is when our behavior matches our beliefs. It's when what we show on the outside is a true reflection of what we believe on the inside. It's when our private life matches our public life. It's who we are when nobody else is around. It's who we are when nobody else is looking. Integrity is when our behavior matches our beliefs. But you know what integrity is not? Integrity is not perfection. It's not doing everything right all the time. Integrity doesn't mean that we, we never make a mistake or, or we never mess up or we never do something wrong. In fact, one of the greatest lessons I, I've, I've learned when it comes to integrity was, was about 20 years ago when I was working for a Teen Challenge, the Christian Alcohol and Drug Rehab, working with men coming off the streets or coming out of incarceration. And, and I'll never forget, early on, I had just started working at Teen Challenge. I'd worked there uh, maybe a, a year, six to nine months, somewhere in that time frame. And uh, one of the things that you did when you worked there, when you're on staff, is you would have a night duty. And so at the end of your night duty shift, so, so to speak, you would have to shut the place down. And so you'd have to walk around this old uh, hotel that was built in the 1800s is where we had the, the, the Teen Challenge I worked at. And you have to go around, you have to lock all the doors, check all the vehicles, make sure that they were locked, shut all the lights off. But then you had to go down into the dark, dreary dreadful, demonic basement. And, and all you had was this like little flashlight that barely, had, I don't know why we never bought a, a better flashlight. We just didn't do it, right? And we just had this, this, this horrible flashlight that barely put off any light. And we'd have to walk through this like creepy uh, basement. And, and I don't know if, if it was just the Freddy Krueger movies that I was exposed to as a kid or, or Jason. I don't know what it was. But I hated it. And you had to go down and you had to walk through this dark basement. You had to check the walk-in freezer. You had to check to make sure no pipes were leaking or busted. And you had to check an old compressor to make sure that it was working. Well, early on in my, my staff career in ministry, I, I stopped going down in the basement. And I would just open one of the doors to the basement. And I would kind of peek down. And I could see a little bit barely the walk-in freezer. Uh, and I would just look. I, got, I think it's shut. And, and then I would just turn the light off and shut the door and go on without my day, right? It's, it's a done deal. And that worked for several months until one morning I got a call from my boss asking me to come in early, which is highly unusual. And so I walked in and you know where the story's going. And I walked in and he informed me that the walk-in freezer had been left open all night long. Thousands of dollars worth of food had all thawed out. And of course, we were going to try and 
salvage what we could, use what we could, but the reality is we were going to have to give a ton of it away. We were going to have to throw some of it away, and we were only going to be able to use a fraction of it for the ministry. Thousands of dollars worth of food. And then he looks at me and said, you had night duty last night. Did you check the walk-in freezer? And I remember is at that moment I learned a lesson about integrity. That integrity is not about being perfect. Integrity is not never messing up or always doing everything right. But integrity is also about what we do when we do something wrong. What do we do when we do something wrong? Will we still have our integrity? And I looked at him and I, I, I'm sure you're wondering what I said. After stuttering a few words, I was able to get a couple words out and I owned it and, and, and I told him, you know, I opened the door, I peeked down, I thought the walk-in freezer was shut, but I did not go down and check it like I was supposed to. And luckily he allowed me to keep my job, but uh, he was not happy. And uh, I was kind of in the doghouse for a few months, I'm just gonna be real. And a few walk-in food references got thrown out for the next several months. And, uh, but I learned something about integrity. That integrity is when what we show on the outside is a true reflection of what we believe on the inside. It's when our private life matches our public life. It's not just about, it's not about being perfect. It's about what do we do when we mess up and make a mistake. Integrity is when our behavior matches our beliefs. And as we study this, this virtue today, as we talk about walking in integrity, I want to take a look at a character in the Bible that, that I believe we can learn a lot from, especially when it comes to the subject of walking in integrity. His, his name is, is Joseph, and uh, he was a, a slave in the Old Testament to a very predominant and powerful man in, in a very powerful man's palace. His name was Potiphar. Now, something you need to know about this story is that this is the original housewives of Egypt because things get crazy. Things are dysfunctional in this story because Potiphar's wife tries to sleep with their servant, their slave, Joseph. But because Joseph walked in integrity, he refused. And so then she lied about him and he got thrown into prison. And so let's take a look at, at the story, Genesis chapter 39. We'll start in verse 6. It says, Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. And all the fellas said... Amen, amen. Every guy in there is like, man, the Bible, yeah, the Bible's kind of talking about me today. I can, I, can, I can already kind of see myself in this story. Anybody else, right? Goes on to say, and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by the cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Well, Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. 
And it was at this point, she takes Joseph, his cloak, this piece of clothing, and she gives it to her husband, Potiphar, and she lies about Joseph and said, our servant Joseph tried to rape me. And as a result, Potiphar throws Joseph into prison. But take a look at what verse 21 says. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be in prison with my integrity than in a palace without it. And as we study this, this story together today, today, let me just give us three things that we can learn about walking in integrity. If you're taking notes, the first thing that we can learn about Joseph's, from Joseph's story about integrity is number one, is integrity is a matter of the heart. Integrity is a heart issue. Let me say it like this. When we have integrity, we make our decisions from our heart, not our head. When we walk in integrity, when we have, when we have integrity, it makes our decisions for us. Joseph said, how could I do such a wicked thing against my God? Joseph didn't have to think about it. He didn't consider his options. He didn't weigh the consequences, if they would get caught, if he would do the act. No, the decision was already made for him because he had integrity in his heart. And how many of us know God sees our integrity? Other people might not always see our integrity, but God sees our integrity. The Bible tells us that people look on the outside, but God looks at the, the heart. He's looking at the heart. Let me say it like this. Walking in integrity is living one life all the time. You see, Joseph wasn't one way when Potiphar was around and another way when he wasn't. No, Joseph was one man, one person, living one life all the time. Why? Because he had integrity. And integrity is a matter of the heart. Integrity isn't about what we do. Integrity is about who we are. Right? It comes, integrity doesn't come from the outside in. It comes from the inside out. Integrity is a matter of the heart. Therefore, I am who I am all the time. I mean, I'm not one way on the platform on Sunday morning and a different way tonight when I'm home with my family. No, I'm one person all the time. I'm not one way when I'm coaching my son's Little League baseball team and another way when I'm standing here lifting my hands in worship. No, I'm one person living one life all the time. By the way, you need to know that God has not given you the grace to live multiple lives. He's given you grace to live one life. One life all the time. I'm the same man in front of my wife as I am in front of my kids. I'm the same man in front of my staff that I am in front of you today, living one life all the time. Why? Because integrity is a matter of the heart. It's when what we show on the outside is a true reflection of what we believe on the inside. Integrity is, is who we are, which when our private life lines up and matches our public life. It's when our behavior matches our belief. Joseph walked in, in integrity because it's who he was. Came from his heart. So Joseph gets thrown into to prison even though he had integrity. And the Bible tells us that he spent at least, 
at least two years in prison, but he still walked in integrity because instead of getting bitter, he got better. Instead of holding on to his offense, instead of holding on to resentment, instead of holding on to all those things that people did to him, he made the decision, no, no, I don't have integrity when, when people treat me the right way. I have integrity all the time. I'm living one life, all, and integrity is a matter of the heart. And so, so Joseph decided, I'm gonna walk in love, I'm gonna serve, I'm gonna forgive, and I'm gonna honor those people who even mistreated me. I'm gonna honor those who wronged me. Why? Because his behavior matched his beliefs. Integrity, somebody say integrity. And so while Joseph was in prison, God gave him the ability to interpret dreams. And so he interpreted a couple guys' dreams that he was incarcerated with. And when one of them was paroled, come on, somebody. When one of them was paroled, God gave Pharaoh, the king, King Pharaoh, a dream. And nobody in the entire land could interpret it. Somebody say set up. See, what you thought was a setback is actually a set up, but if you're not walking in integrity, you'll miss it. Because nobody could interpret this dream, but this guy who got paroled told King Pharaoh, hey, there was this Hebrew guy who used to be a slave that I was locked up with, and when I was locked up, I had a dream, and he told me word for word, verbatim, what was gonna happen, and everything he said to the T came true. And you know what Pharaoh said? Bring that guy to me. Get him all cleaned up, give him a shower, give him some new clothes, and bring that guy before me. And all of a sudden, Joseph is standing in front of the most powerful man in all of Egypt, possibly the world, because he walked in integrity. Let's take a look at their conversation in Genesis chapter 41, verse 15. It says, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night, and no one here can tell me what it means, but I have heard. I have heard. I have heard about you, Joseph. How many, he had, how many know Joseph had a reputation? I've heard some things about you, Joseph. How many know people have heard some things about us? We have a reputation. And, and, and Pharaoh said, Joseph, I've heard some things about you. People have said some things about you that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. And Joseph responds by saying, no, no, it is beyond my power to do this, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. And so Pharaoh told Joseph his dream. You know the second thing that we can learn about walking in integrity is number two, if you take a notes, write this down. That is, integrity creates your reputation. Integrity creates your reputation. Not only does God see our integrity, but others eventually see it too. And what others see about our lifestyle eventually becomes our reputation. 
You see, Joseph had a reputation that, uh, of someone who walked in, in, in integrity. You can trust what this guy says. He's the real deal. And so what? Because he had integrity, he stood before kings. His integrity allowed him to stand before kings because people said about Joseph, you can trust him. I know he's incarcerated. I know he used to be a slave. I, I, I know. Let me bring this guy from prison and put him in front of Pharaoh. Integrity. He had this reputation of, man, this guy's the real deal. You can trust what he says. But you know what the opposite of integrity is? Being a hypocrite. And the, and the word hypocrite literally means to be an actor. You know, when Jesus told the Pharisees in the New Testament, when he called them hypocrites, he literally called them actors. And the word hypocrite refers to an actor in a play who, who played several, many different roles, but they wouldn't change their clothing. They would just change their masks. And so they would go from character to character, from mask to mask, depending on what scene they were playing. How many of us know that God does not want us going from character to character, from mask to mask, depending on what scene we're playing? No, he wants us to live one life all the time. He wants us to walk in integrity. Why? Because our integrity creates our reputation. Our lifestyle, people, what people see about our lifestyle will eventually become our reputation. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 8, verse 17. He said, for all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open. And everything that is concealed will be brought to light and made known to all. In essence, Jesus is saying the way we live eventually becomes our reputation. Let me say it like this. The way that we live determines the weight of our words. That if we ever want our words to have a weight, if we ever want our words to have an authority, then we must look at how we're living our lives. Do we have integrity or not? Because our words carry weight when we live what we say. I'm just misunderstood, or that person had it in for me, or, or they did something they shouldn't do, and I lost my job again. Well, no, I lost another job. No, I, I know I got fired again. Oh, I was let go this time. It was a mutual uh, decision. Oh, I lost it. Maybe it's time for us to get some integrity. Maybe there's a common denominator in some of those situations. Maybe, maybe I need to take a look, not at everybody else, but I need to take a look inside my own heart and assess, am I living a life of integrity? Because I look at Joseph's life, I see he had integrity came from his heart. He wasn't one way one minute and another way another minute. And he didn't lose his integrity based on his situations or his circumstances or even how other people treated him. No, no, he let his yes be yes and his no be no. He didn't, he didn't bash his enemies when people treated him wrong. He didn't talk bad about them. He didn't gossip. He kept his word even when it hurt like David talked about in Psalm 15. No, he walked in integrity. And our integrity journey uh, looks a little bit like this. When, when, when our personal character and our reputation line up. 
Now, don't get me wrong, they're never fully going to intersect because none of us are perfect. We all need God's grace really, really, really bad. We all make mistakes, don't we? We all fall short. None of us are perfect. I'm striving, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, but also I know integrity is also what we do when we mess up as well. So I want to hold on to, I need God's grace really, really bad. But, but we are who we say that we are. And we do what we say that we're going to do. And we, and we do everything we can to walk in integrity. When we live like this, when we live this way, it brings about the blessing of God on our lives. When we walk in integrity, it opens doors and opportunities for us. Walking in integrity is how God's favor finds us. You know, Luke chapter two, verse 52, the Bible tells us that Jesus grew in favor with both man and God. This is a scripture that I pray over my kids all the time, that they would have the courage to be a leader, not a follower, that they would have the courage to do the right thing, even if everybody else is doing the wrong thing, integrity, right? And as they do, that they would grow in favor with both man and God. Well, how do we grow in favor? Not by being fake, not by being phony, not by saying one thing one minute. Is it getting kind of heavy in here? <laughs> Am I the only one that needs this today? How do I get God's favor? Not by being fake or by phony. I remember praying in a group of men several years ago, and I asked one guy in particular to, to pray, and he was super nervous because he'd never prayed in front of anybody else. And I go, come on, man, you can do it. And then he began to pray probably one of the most powerful prayers that I've ever heard in my entire life. Not because he said everything perfectly, not because he quoted all these different scriptures, but because he was real before God. He was authentic before the king. He knew he didn't have it all figured out. He knew that he still had a lot of issues, yet he brought his real self, his true self, his authentic self before heaven. And I'm telling you, God's presence filled that room. And it was one of the most powerful prayers that I've ever heard and been a part of. We, why? Because that attracts God's favor. Being phony or fake or saying one thing but doing it, man, that rejects it. But being real, man, by living and doing what we say we're going to do, that brings God's favor and blessing into our lives. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I had the uh, opportunity to, to go on a little family vacation. And uh, we went back to, to Branson, Missouri, which is where my wife, Justina, a lot of her family are, are from that area or, or live close by. And, and so we went down to Branson and we, we, a couple of years ago, we found a, a resort that we love that, that's right on Table Rock Lake. And, and then it has a, a couple pools with a bunch of water slides. And so our kids love going down the water slides as much as possible. And and uh, you should have seen my five-year-old Brax on the water slides this year. He was killing it. And, um, and so we went down there and, and had a good time. And, and, and so my wife's uh, sister uh, came to hang out. We only stayed at this resort for a couple of days. And uh, so my wife's sister brought uh, her kids down to get all the cousins together. And, and so obviously we could use the pools and all the water slides uh, because they were a part of our resort fees because we were staying there. But all the cousins had to pay $30 per kid per day. And so a little expensive because these water slides were not that good. And... Um, <laughs> 
And so we did that the first day, and the kids had a blast. And then the day two, we were only saying, you know, they were only able to be with us two days. So day two, we actually went off and did some different things in the lake and went fishing. And, but it was hot in Missouri. It was hot and sticky and muggy. It was like 95 and felt like 115. And, and so about the afternoon time came, we were just exhausted. So we went back to the resort about 2 o'clock. Well, what do you think all the kids wanted to do? They wanted to go on the water slides, right? Well, they had to leave like at six o'clock. So we only had about three hours to go swimming. And so we had a decision to make. Do we pay the $30 per kid for three hours of water slides, right? And to make matters worse, two things. My wife said, we'll pay for it. Told her sister, we'll pay for it. I go, who? Who's paying? What? <laughs> what? Who's going? What, you got a coupon? Did you get a Groupon? Something I don't know about? What are you talking about? So that went down, true story. And then the second thing was all the cousins go, Uncle Kyle, we still got our red wristbands on from the day before. We never took them off. And I go, you are awesome, 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 awesome. Thank you, Lord. It's wisdom right there, right? You've been reading the book of Proverbs, I can tell, cousins. And so I had a decision, you know, to, to make, right? It's just two hours. And in that, demo, that, that dilemma, in that moment, because I'm going to be real with you, it was tempting. Come on, put yourself in that shoes. You're on vacation. You're already spending way too much money. You, already, you feel like you're sp buying everything, right? Ice cream? Yeah, get ice cream. Go-karts? Yes. <laughs> and so you already feel like you're spending a ton of money. And um, so it's tempting. So in that moment, I, I am battling with it. And I felt the Holy Spirit kind of just whispered in my ear, how much is your integrity worth? Is your integrity worth a $30 wristband? And it stopped me in my tracks. Like, whew. How much is your integrity worth? It'd be a good question for us to ask ourselves today. 30 bucks? Maybe we just kind of forge something on a on application, maybe just fudge a little bit on our taxes. How much is our, maybe we just kind of fudge a little expense report at our work. How much is our integrity worth? But in that moment, I obviously made the decision, no, no, my integrity is worth a lot more than a $30 wristband. I'm not, I'm not selling out for $30. I'm not going to ruin my reputation for $30. And how many of us know our kids and the cousins were watching what mom and dad were going to do? They were watching what we were going to do. They might have been going, uncle, I still got the wristband. We can do this thing. But they're watching the example and the decision that I make in front of them. Newsflash, somebody's always watching. Somebody's always seeing. I know God is always watching, but I'm just telling you, other people are watching too. In your neighborhoods, at the grocery store, in the workplace, someone's always, and they might not say anything like the cousins, but they're watching what we're going to do. I'm not going to ruin my reputation for $30. If God can't trust me with $30... How's he going to trust me with $30,000, 300 If he can't trust me with little, 
How can God trust me with much? What's our integrity worth? Joseph wasn't willing to ruin his reputation for one night of pleasure. He didn't sell his integrity when people treated him unfairly. And as a result, God opened doors for him that no man could shut. And God placed him before kings. What's crazy is because Joseph was walking in integrity, not only did did Pharaoh share his dream with him, not only did Joseph interpret Pharaoh's dream, he told him, Pharaoh, this is what your dream means. For, For the next seven years, you'll have an abundance in the land of Egypt. I mean, the land will be thriving. You will have more than enough. But followed by those seven years will be seven years of famine, seven years of drought, seven years of lack. This is what your dream means. But then because he walked in integrity, he didn't stop there. Then he started to tell Pharaoh what he should do. In other words, Joseph started counseling the king. Take a look at it. Genesis chapter 41, verse 33. Joseph interprets a dream and then he says, therefore, Pharaoh, you should find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then, Pharaoh, you should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all the crops during the seven good years. That way you have enough during the seven years of drought. Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. Here's a guy that was just in prison not too long ago, locked up, and now he's counseling the most powerful man in the entire land. And so the third thing that we can learn about integrity is number three, write this down. Integrity brings confidence. Integrity brings, how can you stand there and counsel king? Integrity. Proverbs chapter 10, verse nine says the one who walks in integrity will experience a fearless confidence in life. I don't know about you, but that's how I wanna live my life. I wanna live my life with a fearless confidence. Well, how how can we have a a fearless confidence? Because we walk in integrity. There's There's a confidence that only integrity brings. You know why? Because we're not living in constant cover up. I'm not, I'm not trying to cover my tracks. I can tell you what I did yesterday. You can take a look at my, my search history on my computer. My wife can look at my phone anytime she wants and there's not a text message and there's not an email that I'm trying to hide or shouldn't be there. Why? Because integrity brings this constant, this courage into our lives because I got a clean conscience. I got nothing to hide because I'm walking in integrity. There's a confidence. There's a confidence. Come on, married people. Sometimes you're like, man, I wonder what's on my spouse's phone. You ever wonder that? Don't raise your hand, fellas. Not right now. Not right now. Just kind of go like, look at this. You know what? It happens to all of us. You know why? Because the enemy's a liar and we all have insecurities. 
And, and instead, of, instead of being offended when your spouse goes, can I look at your phone? Because we have this fearless confidence, because our consciences are clean, here you go. And you, just, you need this right now? Maybe you're having a bad day. Maybe you're going through something right now. Here, I got nothing to hide. I love you. Then I can start speaking into her life, their life. I want you to know I love you. There's nobody else. I want you to know you're beautiful. You mean the world to me. I'm so happy to do this. All of a sudden, you go on the offense and you start speaking into your spouse. You're going to come against those insecurities. Why? Because you got nothing to hide. But if you're over, no, it's my phone. Why do you got to look? Why you gotta look at it? What's the big deal? It's my phone. Don't I get any privacy? Constantly covering it up. Now I want to have a fearless confidence, a fearless courage because my, my, my conscience is clean. Why? Because I'm walking in integrity. When we walk in integrity, even during difficult moments, there's a confidence because we're living the right way. I can walk into any situation and have a confidence because I know who I am, because I'm walking in integrity. This is the way God has called us to live our lives. This is the way Joseph lived his life. And as a result, take a look what happened. In Genesis chapter 41, verse 39, as we close. It says, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court and all my people will take orders from you. Only I sitting on my throne will have a rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. He went from a palace to prison because he had integrity. And because the Lord was with him, he went from prison back to the ultimate palace. And God raised him up. The blessing of walking in integrity. Integrity is a matter of the heart. Integrity creates our reputation. And integrity brings confidence. I want to close in a similar way to the way we started the message. David said in Psalm 15, man, how do, I, how do I live the life that only you have for me, God? How do I enter into your presence? How do I experience your peace? How do I, how do I get the more that I know you want to give to me? I know it's integrity. I want to close with another prayer that, that David prayed in Psalm 139. He said, search me, O God. Know my heart if there's anything in my heart that doesn't belong point it out to me and lead me on the path of everlasting life would you join me in making that your prayer today come on let's let's bow our heads all over this room father we come before you and we echo David's prayer in Psalm 139. Father, search our hearts. Know our ways, God. If there's anything in our hearts that doesn't belong, point it out to us and lead us on the path of everlasting life. As we're praying together today, 
if you would say that there's some areas of your life that are inconsistent. Some areas of your life where maybe you say one thing, but honestly, you do something else. And you know God is calling you to live a life of integrity. To walk in it. Not just have integrity every once in a while. Not just having integrity at work, but not at home. Not being one way on Sunday morning and and different when we're with our friends. No, I'm living one life all the time. And if you would say, with every head bowed, every eye closed, that you want to live a life of integrity, a life that's blessed by God, would you just lift your hand to heaven? You're not doing it for me. You're not doing it for anybody else around you. It's a sign of yielding to the truth of God in your life. It's a response to heaven today. Here I am, God. Here I am, God. I want to walk in integrity. I know you see my integrity, but I know others see it too. I know, I know my, my spouse sees it. I know my kids see it. I know my boss sees it. I know my employees see it. I know my neighbors see it. And if I'm an ambassador for you, God, I want to honor you in all that I think, say, and do. Not be perfect, but I'd, ha- I'd have integrity even when I mess up. Father, you see the hands in this place. God, we know that integrity is a matter of the heart. God, let us set our hearts towards heaven today to stand upon the truth of your word, to stay true to our word even when it hurts, to not gossip, to not speak evil of anyone else. Just like Joseph, we'd we'd have integrity when everybody treats us right and we'd have integrity when everybody treats us wrong. That our integrity, God, is not based upon our situations, God. That, that, Lord, our integrity is not for sale. What's our integrity worth? It's worth everything. And we're not going to ruin our reputation and we're not going to sell our integrity for a $30 wristband or anything else. No, we're going to walk in integrity. And so, Holy Spirit, we give you permission to help us walk in integrity. As we go throughout our day, whenever we want to compromise, whenever we want to justify, whenever we want to rationalize, Holy Spirit, I pray you speak to our hearts. Help us to to walk in integrity, to honor the name that's above every name. And as we do, we encounter the blessing of God in our relationships, in our workplaces, in our finances, in in our lives. We know integrity is how the favor of God finds our lives. As we continue praying together today, maybe maybe what's inconsistent is a yielding to God in your life, living for him. The Bible says if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, if we believe in our hearts, that we, we yield to who he wants to be, he saves us and he forgives us and he changes us from the inside out. Maybe you've never made that decision. Maybe you have, but you've, you've drifted. And God says, come on, get back in right relationship with me today. I wanna, the more that I have for you starts with a relationship.
If you need to surrender your heart today, if you just need to say, God, here's my life. I know you have more, and it starts with me saying, here's my life. I surrender to you. I surrender all. If that's you, would you lift your hand to heaven? Say, here I am, God. I'm surrendering my life. I know you have more for me. I know there's more that you want to do, but it's time for me to surrender my life, all that I am to you. And just pray this with with me right where you're at. Say, God, thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to pay the price for my sin on the cross. God, forgive me. Though my sin might be like scarlet, you would make it white as snow. That you would cleanse my conscience, you would heal my heart. God, that you would redeem me, fill me, restore me, change me. My life is yours. In Jesus' name. Shall renew their strength, they shall mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. They shall walk and not get weary, they shall run and not... That's what happens when you wait, that's what happens when you wait. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up on wings like an eagle and soar they shall walk and not get weary they shall run and not faint that's what happens when you wait that's what happens when you wait oh they that wait they that wait on the lord shall renew their strength They shall mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. They shall walk and not get weary. They shall run and not faint. That's what happens when you wait. That's what happens when you wait. Oh, they that wait, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount.
for joining us. We here at Experience Church love you and are praying for you. Until next time, remember that Jesus is our hope.